These are fun, off-the-cuff discussions on movies and streaming series, both new and old. Together, we'll attempt to bridge the gap between Hollywood Industry Insider and the casual viewer. This is Alec. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to the Cinema A to B Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cinema A to B. And today we're going to go ahead and do a nice discussion on the Super Mario Brothers movie. It's just blowing up the box office. Just keeps rolling. Yeah. Alec, I think you just you just got this watched, right? I just watched this last night. So, yeah, I ended up going to the theater and seeing it. Went to like an 8 p.m. showing. Um, I was expecting it to be not a whole lot of kids. Unfortunately, there were a lot of kids in there. Um, but I mean, what I just read an article is like it's already hit 500 million in the box office or something along those lines. Like, I mean, it's a juggernaut, apparently. So I would say it was fun. Wasn't blown away by it. Um, very formulaic, but it was definitely enjoyable. You know, I walked out not upset that I saw it. You know, it wasn't again, it wasn't anything grandiose or expecting, but it was fun to kind of pick out some of the Easter eggs, hear some of the music. Um, I really liked how much they leaned into the video games as opposed to trying to make this something that it's not like they didn't try to make it into like a real life movie or add any type of like overarching overarching themes. They just said, this is a super Mario, a Mario brothers movie and we are going to make it as such and do all the nods, do all the, you know, little fun Easter eggs for those people who play the games. And it was great. So I enjoyed that. Yeah. The nostalgia is really, really heavy, especially that first like quarter of the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting hit with, with every Easter egg reference you could possibly imagine some that I probably some that I caught and then some that I think I missed that I would have to go back and, and even catch. I think there was, yeah, there were characters that I was like, wait, they look familiar. And then I was, I was talking with a coworker and they were like, Oh yeah, that's, that's uh, some baddies from super Mario brothers too. And I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly who that is. And yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a funny movie, but it, I didn't ever feel like it was really trying too hard with the comedy. I mean, they could just kind of let the comedy come and go as it, as it worked. And there was kind of a lull there in like the, the latter third where I was kind of, I wasn't looking at my watch, but it was, it was, I was kind of counting in my head, I think unintentionally, it was a good 10 or 15 minutes where there just really wasn't a laugh. And I was like, uh, this but then it came on strong with the with the final act, like the humor came back. And that was kind of important to me, you know, because I yeah. I took my daughter to this and I wanted, you know, I wanted to laugh. I was hopeful that there would be some some jokes and stuff. I don't think it's as good a film at working at two levels the way Shrek did. It's like Shrek, Shrek was like if you were a kid. Shrek had its own thing. It was kind of, you know, novel and, but really Shrek was made for adults. And this movie really tried to do that. And I felt like for the most part, it it operated pretty well because this was, this was, it was, it was the same situation as you're in. I took my daughter to theater full of people, my age, thirties, thirties and forties, as far as the adults and then their kids. And so, and the only people laughing at a lot of the jokes is, is the adults. I don't think there's a few pratfalls and stuff, pun intended. (laughs) 
for the kids, but by and large, most of the humor is is for any adult viewers, and and then it's obviously it's most of the humor comes from from Jack Black. Yeah. Oh my goodness, he one hundred percent steals this entire movie. Like just, I loved it. Absolutely loved bowser and i mean that song was in my head for probably hours afterwards and it's gonna live live rent free for the rest of my life yeah it yeah. will and we're gonna try not to um play spoiler on this a whole bunch although i think yeah. a lot of people have have watched this movie um yeah same same here in fact i had to go and youtube the uh the music video <laughs> with him like the live action music video for that song is really good yeah. too yeah if you're a fan of jack black you just got to go ahead and and see this movie. If you don't particularly care for him, I think it's going to be kind of a challenge because so much of the humor is driven through him as, as Bowser. Yeah. It really is. So fun fact, this charted in the top 100 billboard list, his song or whatever. And it's his first ever solo top 100 chart. Um, and it hasn't, um, and he Outside hasn't been on it since Tenacious D. Yeah. The last one, yeah, for the pick of destiny was the last time they had a, a song on the the Billboard charts. So yeah, it's it's fun now, kind of charting the career of Jack Black, and we won't turn this into a Jack Black episode, but he's just become this fixture now in American pop culture, and it's this really wholesome fixture fixture mm-hmm. now. Like he's just he's almost like the crazy uncle. He's like America's <laughs> yes. crazy uncle, you know, and and. You know, he's he's running those Instagram and TikTok videos at his house all the time that are just hysterical. I just can't even imagine having Jack Black as a dad. Oh my like, gosh. Ah, uh, yeah. And and he just he seems to be one of these actors that just gives 110% every time he comes out for a movie. And it's not just the performance, it's like even in the marketing too. Cause he was doing some goofy, I forget what it was. It was something in his backyard, and he was mark it was basically a marketing piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like an improv marketing piece for Super Mario Brothers, the movie. And it was it was as hilarious as you would expect it to be. I think a lot of it is that that's kind of him, you know, like, yeah, he's he's not playing up to the camera. I mean, obviously a little bit, obviously, but I think a lot of it's just he's just happy or content with himself. And this is what he does. Um, So I got to see Tenacious D in concert or whatever. And just the way he interacted with the crowd, like, I mean, again, performance space, but like gave off a lot of the same vibes. And so like, I think that's kind of where he can kind of pull this off or get this kind of idea of this homie, you know, uh, he's not into his own mythos or trying to be this character. It's just him all the time. And I think that's great. Yeah, you're right. He steals the scene. Now I did want to talk about the, the visuals on this movie. Mm-hmm. This is as good a looking uh, computer animated film as I've seen in a long while. And what blew me away is that this is, this is not Disney. This is Illumination. And the, the Despicable Me and, and Minions movies look, they have a very defined look and they look good, but Illumination was already always playing second fiddle to Disney on yeah. how good these movies looked. And this is the one I felt like they've caught up with them and in, maybe in some ways surpassed them. It was beautiful, like a lot of color, a lot of stuff going on screen that didn't really look bad. Like it wasn't like the foreground items were beautiful, but the background items were kind of plain Jane, which is you get a lot in CGI and stuff. And especially like you were talking about like the Despicable, Despicable Me movies, like whatever your kind of eyes fo- are supposed to focus on is really in detail and everything else kind of is 
blander. Whereas this, you know, didn't have that. Two things. There's there's a lot of lighting effects going on in Super Mario Brothers, the movie that I haven't seen that level of detail in other animated pictures. There was a scene where they're where Donkey Kong is. Mm-hmm. So like Kong Island, I think. Kong, yeah, Kong Island. Yeah. And they're like highlight blooms on the rocks and stuff. They they basically change. It's almost like the cameraman was like racking exposure. <laughs> yeah. Back to that. It gave us this filmic quality that you don't usually get from a movie like that. And then, yeah, I just, the whole style of the movie is, is just fantastic. Like it, mm-hmm. it does, it looks, it looks and sounds as good as anything. I think I'm probably going to see um, in that style. And yeah, I, I do. I think they've, I think Disney's met their match and I'd read that they're Disney's kind of freaking out a little bit about this because this, this thing could, potentially dethrone them in some way. Um, now I don't, I don't think the mouse should be worried, but, um, now on the flip side of that, we're probably, and this is not my thought. This is, this is an article I read that I thought was really well thought out. That basically said there's a downside to this movie doing this well, which is in the next three to four years, two to three years, we're going to get a glut of video game properties done in this style and most of them are going to be like not just bad, but probably terrible because they're just going to get crammed through. And that happens. That happens. But what I'm most excited about with this, with Nintendo, is this thing's done this well. I'm pretty hopeful now we get a Zelda movie done in the same style. Oh, my goodness. I would love a Zelda movie. Which would be catered to an even older audience just because the the material is more mature. But yeah, give me give me Zelda in this with this kind of rendering that that makes some serious money. Totally darker, you know, obviously, like, you know, have that kind of a little more serious tone than trying to give me a laugh all the time, because Zelda is definitely not a uh, joking type of medium. So um, I'm going to no. go back real quick and touch base on the Disney thing. I think one of the thing that I can say Disney really does need to be afraid of. Is that while visually this is on par with a Disney film, story-wise, it's definitely not on par. Like anything Disney puts out, I, there's a lot going on, and they have much more meaty stories. This is so formulaic; it's so basic. Doesn't try to yeah. like change anything. I mean, again, it's there's a reason why there's these stories are formulaic because they work. But it didn't have anything really major going on and so with that they're still lagging behind disney i think in that yeah but this wasn't the right property to do no, a no. really i mean that was never mario no so when i when i kind of read some complaints on the story end about this movie i was like well that's not really i don't think that's justified because the stories in the mario games were never you know they were kind of a mile wide and in, an inch deep like that's just that's the super mario world i think it's, there's a handful of games in there with like Mario RPG where mm-hmm. they probably win a little more in depth, but this is not a, this is not a property that, that that was ever really no. part of the gaming experience, right? That's Zelda. Zelda is like a deeper narrative. And so I would, I would have high expectations with the story if they, Zelda. Yeah. if they opt to do Zelda. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, plumber's going to mushroom kingdom to save a princess that's been taken hostage by a turtle. Right. Yeah. But so in that in that vein, I think it was largely successful. Yeah. No. Again, it is. I walked away enjoying it. Uh, the wife enjoyed it. My buddy who came with us and saw it, he was like, "What did you take me to?" 
why am I seeing this movie? And I was, you know, I was like, well, I got to talk about it, but also like, hey, it's Super Mario Brothers. I grew up with this stuff. So it was, it was really nice. I mean, seeing when they did the side scrolling switch uh, near the beginning, I was like, yeah. oh, well, it made me happy, you know? Yeah, the, com- uh, the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> That, oh, that was fun too. It was we were joke we were joking at work. We wanted we've got a plumbing uh client and we totally <laughs> wanted to, we were talking about me and another me and a creative director were talking wanting to we were like, man, kind of want to do the live action version of that commercial. Yeah. Yeah. And this sure. and then the and the commercial being the reason there's an accent switch. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, that that first like twenty minutes is just crammed full mm-hmm. of Easter eggs and nostalgia. They really give you your money's worth um, to to really draw you in. Yeah, and then yeah, after that twenty thirty minutes, there's less of it, but you're already at least I was I was already kind of drawn into it. And I felt good like they didn't just just hone in on like the original Super Mario Brothers or like they kind of gave a lot of each of the Mario games its due. Now, I haven't played all of them, obviously one through three, Mario 64, uh, the Super Nintendo one. Um, and then I played Mario Odyssey, which is the Switch one. So but like I missed like Paper Mario and a couple of the others. Um, so I didn't catch everything, but I can definitely tell you like it was fun, like kind of hitting hitting all of those little markers of my video game history and nostalgia of like like oh yeah oh i remember that from 64 like when he went to castle and there's all all the different paintings up and i was like oh i've jumped through that painting i've jumped through that painting you know so yeah no it was it was really neat seeing all of that rendered in such uh high detail yeah 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 it brought brought back a lot um yeah it's kind of it's kind of a weird place to be for me where the studios are in a lot of ways kind of catering to me because the, the people making this stuff are basically our age. Yeah. And so it's just odd. It's, it's, I'm still getting used to it. Like I better enjoy this while they're the ones controlling the content Mm -hmm. that they're, they're making stuff that we, we all grew up with. And obviously I was happy because they did it at what I felt was a really high level. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about the 800 pound Donkey Kong in the room which is the casting of Chris Pratt as Mario. Oh. So whole lot of heat. Yeah. It's a big nothing burger is what it is. Yeah. See, cause for, for two reasons, one, they explain, they explain the accent switch, mm-hmm. which I won't give away why, how that works. Cause it's pretty funny. Um, but he's not even, he's kind of a secondary character in his own movie. Mm-hmm. Cause it's peach. Peach is kind of the main thing. And yeah. so it doesn't matter. And then Pratt doesn't doesn't really oversell the role. Like they in fact they they pl- both Mario and Luigi and Luigi's what is it is it uh Charlie uh Day? Charlie Day from Always Sunny. Yeah. yeah. And so both of those guys are well versed in comedy and if they wanted to and if they'd been directed to could have really overplayed their hand. Mm-hmm. And neither of them do. In fact, they go the other direction. And there's this super sentimental, like brotherly bond and really cool moment near the end between them as brothers that really plays the other end and and tugging on the heartstrings. So it's kind of weird in that way. They cast these two comedic, for the most part, comedic actors and really kind of have them dial down. And so they just, they fit, they fit in the narrative. They don't feel out of place, but they're not the ones that are expected to drive the comedy 
basically i think they're just playing it straight and just letting the dialogue and the situations kind of affect them you know themselves yeah. as opposed to them trying to push I, I never was upset about the whole chris pratt thing but i know it, it created a lot of waves but i do think like he even dumbed down from some of his other animated stuff like like i could tell it was chris pratt but it wasn't as chris pratty as like when he did the lego movie so like he you know held back some of that um or uh yeah so like which was kind of nice it was nice to to see him try to play it straight or just not try to put you know his chris prattness on onto the character so which was nice yeah so. and, and really you kind of view the movie at least i do through the eyes of mario mm-hmm. and so it wouldn't have made as, as much sense for them to make him the main driver of the humor because you really you need to relate more to Mario because he's the one making this journey. Mm-hmm. And so they, they did. They kind of kept both of them, Mario and Luigi, a little more grounded. I don't know. It was a, it was an interesting creative choice. I think it I think it worked. Yeah, I think it and it also mellowed out some of the anger of casting Chris Pratt. So, yeah, I mean, I know I understand people getting used to like the original voice actor, which which brings me to a little bit of a, we'll just have a mini discussion on this because I largely agree with this argument and you, and you would, I think, agree with me having done voiceover work. You can make a really good argument that it's like, why do the studios feel like they have to cram all of the roles with stars for voice work when there, when there are tons of more talented voice actors working Mm -hmm. And I understand giving the lead to somebody like, you know, Jack Black to play Bowser to sell tickets. But there's some other roles in this that have stars in the in the role. And it's like, why? Mm -hmm. It doesn't really add anything. And I'm not going to call anybody out like I because I I you can. But I'm like, why wouldn't you? cast a more talented voice actor. And I would be frustrated if I was in voiceover work that a lot of these roles just go to a star because of their name and not really because of their level of ability for, for VO. As I've talked to you before about it, like, you know, film acting and voiceover acting are different. Like, you know, much in the same way that like, you know, acting on stage is much different than acting in front of a camera like one has to be bigger than life and film you almost have to be less than life because you're on a you know 30 40 foot screen so people can see every kind of twitch of your face and so you kind of have to dial even back from normality but with vo it's it also you have to do so much more with your voice and obviously it's easier when it's an you know animated because you do have some of the body movements and stuff there but there's a lot of people out there that you don't know who would have killed this, like mm-hmm. who would have been absolutely amazing and been better at it. Um, I got thrown for a loop with Donkey Kong's act, uh, voice actor, like, um, and cause it was very distinctive. Like I know with Anna Taylor joy um, as peach, it took me, I, I didn't actually pick up her voice i couldn't pinpoint who that was no. and that was fine but the minute donkey kong came out i was like oh it's you you know um so your favorite person uh, uh, ever you know <laughs> i actually don't have any complaints with his performances no he did donkey a good job kong. it's 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 the it's the um who's the who's the grandpa 
Kong. Oh, Fred Armisen didn't like it. Oh, really? No, didn't care yeah. for it. No, I, I, I thought there was a missed opportunity to go with a much, much, much older character actor mm-hmm. in that role. Yeah, I, I, he, he actually—that's the performance that I would single out that I thought was not good, like bordering okay. on bad. Yeah, yeah, I didn't care for that. I'll see. I mean, and I like Fred Armisen. Like he's he's really I do good. Too. He, and he does. I think he was, mis- but work. I think he was miscast. Yeah, um, it's just it's one of those things where you can save some money. I think. Uh, as well as like, I mean, Keegan, Michael key as toad. And I like him too, a lot. Yeah. But it, he didn't add anything to it. Like you could no. have had anyone in that role and I don't think it you know would have been different. Uh, it's, I think some of it is, you know, trying to sell the movie and you can plaster up all these names that are, that are on it and trying to sell it. Right. And I agree with that to an extent. I, I would agree. Like if I had, let's say six, like top build slots for this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm just this arbitrary number. I can, I understand putting in the top three or four with recognizable name, Hollywood talent, but not all six. Yeah. Like it, because one, like you said, you, it costs you more money. And then the, the law of diminishing returns would say that, are you really getting that many more ticket sales from like filling the last two or three voiceover slots with name talent? Mm-hmm. versus saving the money, still paying a voiceover artist a hefty fee mm-hmm. and getting a better performance resulting in dun, 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 a better movie. Mm-hmm. So I think there's balance there, but yeah, they crammed this thing and and that's why they did it. Cause I remember the, I remember the promo when it's just boom, 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 you know, all these names. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's an opinion, but I just, and some of these actors may be working for scale you know, or essentially minimum wage for, you know, for the movie because they want to be a part of it because it's nostalgia and stuff. Right. But I think you also have, we kind of been talking around a little bit, but the other thing too that you have when you have these famous actors doing this is it pulls you out because you hear it. You hear their voice and you say, oh, that's so-and-so. And then I'm taken out of the movie, you know, because I'm now in my head going, I know that voice. I know that voice. Who is that? Who is that? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, because I knew it was Seth Rogen as DK, you know, but it took me a second of like, wait, is that Seth Rogen? Because I, you know, I I had seen the, the poster, but I'd forgotten that there were so many names in it. So I kind of went in without knowing much about the movie. And so I was like, oh, wait, that's, yeah, that's Seth Rogen. And of course, so there here's... 30 seconds, 20, 30 seconds of me not paying attention to the movie because I'm thinking about this name. So, right. yeah, the only time that's going to get fixed is with the sequels when you've just yeah. been conditioned to it. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, again, a formulaic, fun movie, I think did a lot of things right. Um, not, not the best thing I've seen this year, but it was enjoyable. Yeah. I don't think it ever could be the best. It didn't try to be anything more than what it was. And that really what, made it work was it knew it was a video game movie for a fun video game. And we've talked about that, right? Like, yeah. like a movie knowing its limitations mm-hmm. and not trying to go past that. Yeah. And then clearly, clearly you had a crew and it's really interesting that this movie is directed by, by three directors. Yes. Like I don't see that very often, but it's like excellence pretty much across the board. I mean, this, this goes back to my thing of, of how well you execute things. Yeah, is it going to be heralded as one of the greatest movies ever? No, but 
it's crushing it at the box office and people are leaving the theater with a smile on their Which, face. That's why we go to the movies. And that has value. That has value. And then I think now because it does well, we get an opportunity for some from uh, sequels that can narratively go a little deeper. I mean, they're going to have to, if, if they opt to do a follow-up movie of this or create a trilogy or something, they're going to, they're going to have to dig deeper narratively for it to work. And then obviously, yeah, I want Zelda. Yeah. I want Zelda some, some kind of bad. So. All right. Well, you have any, any parting, parting thoughts? Not not anything that I haven't said already. So. Yeah. We really tried not to spoil this one because I, you know, and is this a movie that you need to go see in the theater? Uh, no, probably not. Probably not. I mean, if you can if you can do it on the cheap, then yeah, go. I did. I did re up my unlimited plan. Your unlimited, to, yeah, yeah. So for this, because we're coming into movie season, so it's like I uh, might as well get it now. Yeah, we'll we'll wrap this up. Appreciate everybody uh, tuning in. Cinema A to B. Thanks. Have a good one.